Welcome to Best Friend Simulator, a quality hangout in podcast form with your simulated best friends, Josh and Dennis. Hey Josh. Hey Dennis. Josh, what's your favorite cheesesteak? My favorite cheesesteak. Uh, I like the classic Philadelphia cheesesteak sandwich myself. Yes, not helpful because my Lyft driver last night really wanted to know specifically where my favorite cheesesteak came from. Uh, okay. Because he's starting the Philadelphia cheesesteak adventure. Now, I'm showing Josh the business card I was handed during my Lyft drive so that one day I could take these adventures with him. I am guessing by... The layout of this business card that he designed it himself. Hey, man. Hustle or starve. Hey, that's what I'm saying. You know? Uh, So we had a very lengthy conversation about cheesesteaks. And it makes me think, remember when everybody was complaining about taxis? Remember how taxi drivers wouldn't say a word to you? Kind of miss those days. Yeah. Also, is this the most bougie complaint I've ever made? Probably. You know when people are driving you around and you just get so annoyed because they talk to you? I see. I feel like my complaints about taxis from the bygone era were just that they drove like maniacs and almost killed me on my bike eight hundred times. Oh, they still do. Yeah. If you think about it, they're they're rewarded for driving as fast and recklessly as possible. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, Blackbird Pizzeria, shout out. Oh, I should have told him some vegan ones and and seen what he said. Yeah, really fuck with his head. Uh, he was also struggling to read directions off of both a phone a small phone with a very shattered screen and a uh, small tablet that kept turning itself off (laughs) maybe that's why he's starting this this cheesesteak adventure league because uh he he needs to get some new equipment should i start a competing business called the cheesesteak adventure league i think so hey wait a minute didn't i drive you did i drive you around a couple weeks ago what no not me this is a original hey, idea. Hey, you snoozy lose, fucker. Hey, sorry, I got this off the ground first. Ooh, also, he said he works for for Lyft 40 hours a week. My God, I can't imagine driving around for 40 hours a week. That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, I, I thought about doing that out here to make a little bit of extra money, but then realized it sounded like a scam. I, I thought they did a study and figured out people make, like, less than $10 an hour. Yeah, I'm not trying to do that. I have driven for Federal Express, but I don't know. Driving in the city, like, I did it I did it a couple times for FedEx and it was pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine driving, like, in Center City all day. Oh, it sounds like a nightmare. I wouldn't want to do it here. We, we've gone on about Seattle drivers. Mm, that's right. Too polite. Makes me sick. Mm. Too timid. Too, like, I, I feel like the, the state of Seattle drivers is perpetually. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Oh, it's a merge. But we've talked enough but about then, that in the past. Yeah, but then this comes from us who, like, will drive, like, animals. Because that's how we know we got to yeah. get to places. And you got to teach them a lesson. <laughs> I still do that. People get a little too over the line. I drive real close. I brush them off. Brush them off the plate. You got to teach them. You got to you got to make them aware of their actions. A good defense is a good offense, I think. Right? I think so. That's the Cheesesteak Adventure League's motto. Right. Exactly. So I will let you <laughs> know how my uh, adventure goes 
when I sign up for the Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure. That sounds exciting. I will also let you know if I just end up in a trunk covered in cheese whiz. Oh, you're going to be somebody else's adventure. <laughs> oh, I hate this adventure. It's the worst. <laughs> so uh, what's going on out there? Uh, anyway, welcome to Best Friend Simulator. I'm Dennis. This is Josh. Hi, everybody. Uh, what do you got going on out uh, in old Seattle way, as they say? Oh, well, we got some fucking beautiful weather. Uh, when when we're done recording here, I think I'm going to pack up and go take my bike out camping overnight. Mm. Nice time for it. I'm switching my schedule to 410, so I'm going to have off on Mondays. Dude, Which will be nice. really good for my ability to get out of the city and also to get the podcast edited in one fell swoop. So I don't I like have to it. get up at 530 and do that every morning. And then maybe you'll send me the podcast to review before Wednesday. Yes. Please. So I don't... I don't feel stressed. Oh, I'm sorry you feel stressed, buddy. Yeah. I think the whole point of this is just to make things easier on me. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I'd appreciate it. Oh, wait, it. maybe I did. That's why I do all the work. Hey. Huh? I'll fucking take you on a cheesesteak adventure. What does that mean? I'm going to put you in the trunk of a taxi and cover you in cheese whiz, and then crash the taxi into Satan. I've been doing a lot of... I did way too much research on this topic we're discussing today, so I... Oh, I thought you were going to say cocaine. I'm thinking about Satan a lot. What does that mean? I just think about Satan. Like, what it's what he's like, what he's up to right now. This is what he smells like, you know? You ever wonder about that? Sulfur. Yeah, that's fair. I bet he smells like a cool dad. <laughs> what? What is <laughs> but a cool dad? We can get into that later. Uh, no, 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 no. Let's not skip past this, please. Because we are going to talk about uh, satanic ritual abuse. But, but, hold on. I want to know why you think Satan smells like a cool dad. Uh, probably smells like outside. Uh, is your you know, research... I'm actually uh, thinking about my dad now. My dad right. always smelled like outside, and he smelled like concrete, because he was a, so, a, a stonemason, so... So, is your research into Satan churning up feelings about your deceased father, and yeah. are you now hoping that Satan replaces your father? I mean, it'd be nice to have some kind of father figure, even though I'm 41. Hmm. That's interesting. That reminds me of a dream that I had this week. All right. What do you got? Where I went to a house that I noticed that the windows were kind of uh, not boarded up, but sealed, like blacked out. Okay. And then when I went inside, I found out that my father was alive and and staying there to avoid uh, the tax man. (laughs) So that was weird. I mean, this sounds legit. Oh, yeah. When I woke up, I said, that's weird. And then also, <laughs> that's believable. I could, I could see that happening. Yeah. Oh, he was also living there with my stepfather. Now, that's a guy that I could definitely see that happening with. So I will definitely be talking to my therapist about that one. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I think she's going to say it means I have too many snacks before bed. Probably. Mm, it's so true. Delicious dead dad snacks. <laughs> That's not what I was... I wasn't eating jerky. <laughs> Were you eating uh, cheddar-flavored Lay's? Oh, I, I had cheddar-flavored... Uh, what are those chips that they... Tried to market as, like, good for you, but they were still just chips. Sun chips? Su- you got it, sun chips. Ah, those things are I good. I did have sun chip... Cheddar sun chips some point this week. Do you remember when... Sun Chips made the biodegradable bags maybe like 10 years back. Oh, yeah. And then and they were didn't work. so loud. They were somehow the loudest material on earth. 
Is there a chance you talked about this on the podcast before? Maybe. Or just like, am I now starting to mix our personal conversations in with our podcast conversations? Could be. I mean, the, the my experience with those loud-ass bags had a profound impact on my life. Mm. So, maybe? Yeah, maybe that's why they didn't, they stopped making them, because they were so goddamn loud. People complained. That sounds like something people would complain about. Oh, yeah. Eh, bag too loud. <laughs> oh, Apparently this week there was a new case of somebody spilling hot tea on themselves and suing Starbucks or something. They haven't been having a good couple weeks, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Topical. Topical but, <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Come on, man. Like, tea is hot unless it's called iced tea. Let's. You gotta blame everybody else for your bullshit. Can we wrap this podcast up soon? I need to get out to the woods away from humans. Yeah, after I talk about my new weird social life. Yeah, let's hear it. I have I have a minor update as well, but go ahead with yours. Yes. So I went to a couple comedy shows by myself this past week because I want to see how other improv groups do stuff. Okay. Doing the and research. Doing the Yeah, kind of like studying it as a student. And uh, that's a really weird way to take in comedy. I'm sure. Because I also did it on a Friday night and a Saturday night. Ooh, look at you. Yeah, and it made me feel really bad about myself. Why? Let, let's, well, because let's, let's break into this. Other people were there with their friends. Okay. And I wasn't. But I also didn't really push to get people to come with me. Yeah. I was like, nah, it'll be fine. I'll go by myself. That's how I talk to myself. I mean, I think doing stuff by yourself is fine. I'm a big fan, and not just because I don't have a lot of friends. Oh, dude, I'll go to the movie. Oh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> I didn't mean to glance over that obvious call for help. <laughs> See me. Hey, uh, anybody in Seattle want to be Josh's friend, hit me up on email. <laughs> Us up. Josh and Dennis at gmail.com. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'll go to the movies by myself. Love no a solo problem. movie. I don't need, yo, uh, let me just watch this movie. I don't really need you yapping in my ear. I just want to watch it. Cool thing I noticed about going to movies by myself here, uh, when I'm afforded the the opportunity to go see a matinee during the week, which is like one of my favorite times to go see a movie, Mm -hmm. out here, I've noticed a lot of people doing the same thing. I've definitely been in theaters where like everybody there was there by themselves. Well, it's probably because you watch a lot of pornography. Yeah, hardcore pornography. In theaters. In you're theaters. one of the last you're one of the last holdouts. Yeah. JK. <laughs> that wasn't a very compelling JK. I don't know. I'm actually trying to think if I've ever seen pornography in a theater. Once. Oh. Really? But it wasn't like that. That's the whole what, thing. Wait. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> an ex's friend was involved in making a porn parody. Like an, an alt porn parody. And there okay. was a screening of it, and we went to go see it, and I was like, that was weird. Okay. Was it actual, like, pornography? Yeah, but it was, like, alt porn, and it was kind of, like, goofy, so I think that was, like, okay. the angle. That was how it was sold to me. I was like, we're not just going to go watch porn in the theater. And it wasn't in a dedicated porn theater. It was at the, okay. uh, what's that little tiny theater in Philly? The Roxy? The Roxy, yeah. Okay. So, a couple things to unpack here. Uh, a, you can't just say, uh, I went to go see this porn movie, but it wasn't like that, and just think we can drop the subject, because <laughs> there's nothing in my head that really explains what else it could be like. I was not B, wearing a trench coat. B, who was the ex? We can, we can bleep it out. 
Who's the friend? Some friend of hers from art school. Mm. Art, art people. Come on. Art people. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Moving forward. So, or moving backwards. Or let's get back to what we were talking about and off this weird tangent. Doing stuff by um, yourself. Yeah, so it was just kind of weird because I think uh, the one show that I went to was kind of more of like an independent show. It was at like an art space, not an art space, but like a performance space. It wasn't like a, at a comedy club or a, a place that's known for comedy shows. Okay. So it really felt to me like a punk show, like very DIY, very low budget. A lot of people that were in the crowd were also performing. Okay. Just like a punk show. Just like a punk show, yeah. Where, like, five bands are playing and half of the... So, out of the 50 people, 25 of the people are performing in the show. And it was like, yeah, it was kind of, I felt like the when we were younger and used to go and would see people there by themselves and we would either think, oh, that person's here, but we've been seeing this person here by themselves a lot. We should talk to them, which we've done in the yeah. past, which is a lot easier in your 20s. Or, oh, that old dude is here by himself. That's creepy. Yeah. And even though I look very youthful. Very youthful. Thank you. Uh, I, I'm sure people still look at me and like, what the fuck is that dude doing here? Yeah, but fuck everyone. Oh, yeah. Not that I sit there and internalize this and I'm just like, oh, I don't want anybody to look at me. I mean, I, still- I, I think it's just a matter because this is a thing I've run into a lot out here going to shows by myself. Like, I've been to a lot of uh, rock and roll concerts by myself here. Oh, oh rock and roll concerts. Rock and roll, yeah. I'm a big rock fan. I've, I've gone to a lot of shows by myself, and a lot of them are kind of smaller shows where it seems like the whole crowd knows each other, mm, and I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, old weirdo hanging out. But, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I'm not there to make friends. Yeah, you got one to- I'm there to fucking rock, dude. I don't need somebody fucking holding my hand while I rock. I, look, I'm not saying I want somebody to hold my hand. I'm just saying it just felt a little strange. Yeah, it does. Because also, what kind of movies do you go see by yourself? Do you go see action movies or dramatical movies where you really just want to pay attention to what's going on? Or do you go see comedy movies where you're laughing by yourself and then you're looking over and no one's there to laugh with you and it feels a little strange? I mean, you don't need to share laughs with people. No, but I think it kind of feels better. I go see horror movies by myself a lot. That makes sense. And I don't, like, look around and be like, are you guys scared? Because I'm real scared. <laughs> I do that when I go to see horror movies. <laughs> hey, guys, oh my god, I'm going to piss myself. I'm really scared right now. <laughs> just do dude I don't... I also don't... Th- he just duked? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what he said? dude No, do dude Oh, good. I also don't think you go see a lot of comedies by yourself. I don't. Oh, shit. Oh, I gotta go see na- that Naked Gun reboot by myself. Is that a thing? Oh, my God, I wish. Why? Who do you, is, do you want to spit is, in dead Leslie Nielsen's face? Who is the, the, the 2018 equivalent of Leslie Nielsen? I don't think that person exists. Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> Viggo Mortensen, well known for his slapstick comedy prowess. You know what? I bet if you give Vigo a year, say, yo, dog, you're going to be making a slapstick movie in a year. I bet that fucker would nail it. Dude, he's a he's a, uh, he's a, he's a true artist. Consummate professional. I just, I bet like Daniel Day-Lewis could do it too. And Meryl Streep's. Yeah. Love that Meryl Streep's. She's hilarious. Have you seen Mamma Mia too? Oh, anyway. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. It doesn't get any better than that. We'll talk about that next week on our new segment, Thoughts About ABBA. Oh, yeah, that's right. That thing's about Abba, yes. isn't it? Yes, yes, cool. yes, yes, yes. 
It was a test to see if you knew, and it turns out you know, which means you definitely have seen that movie. By myself, at a porn By theater. <laughs> oh, guys. Oh, don't you guys love Meryl Streep? <laughs> <laughs> I made them put this on. We'll watch the porn parody of Seinfeld in a minute. Do you think, let's go off on a tangent, do you think that there's a person who watches pornography, but who can only really get off on parody porn? There's something out there for everybody, so I'm willing to bet there's at least one individual. I can only watch pornography based on sitcoms that I have laughed at and now want to masturbate to. I'm I'm willing to bet that individual exists. There was one time um, we were walking by the Forum, which I'm, I don't think exists anymore, but used to exist at the corner of like 22nd and Market Street in Philadelphia. And they had a four-way uh, uh, porn parody showing of the porn parodies of Seinfeld, Friends, maybe Scrubs, and, <laughs> right, and maybe, uh, I forget what the other one was. I bet that was a blast. The thing that's really disappointing about modern porn parodies is that they stop giving them evocative porn names. Yeah, they just it's just called like Seinfeld, the porn parody. Yeah. It's not like that list that we wrote in high school of all of the, the porn versions of movies. The made up porn versions of the movies. The made up yeah. Look, we've been doing this kind of comedy for thirty years, we ladies have. and gentlemen. What are what else. are some examples of that? I'm trying to remember. Um well Edward Penis Hands was really Obvious, obvious, and yeah. that became a that, that became an actual. Porn that became movie. a reality. We used chaos magic to make that a reality. Josh, stop it! <laughs> Talking about the reality of chaos magic. Uh, the remains of the gay, I think, was one. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, I think you. I I bet money you have that list somewhere, and I think you should find it. Uh, or or not. Probably not. Maybe we should. Maybe we should just let that die. Yeah. All right, we went off on the rails. Uh, yeah. We. I heard. I heard a rumor that we got a new segment. Yeah, man. So I, I, I've mentioned. I think I mentioned last episode. I promised my lady here one day I'm going to be putting her to bed in a Casper mattress. Oh, we're so close. So I and I feel like you know like our numbers have been going up. It's only a matter of time before we're approached by a sponsor. So I'm thinking that being the consummate professionals that we are. Mm-hmm. Yes, very professional. Let's get some ad practice in. Let's do it. You know, like let let's we can do this. Let's bang this out so that when they come to us, we'll be like, "Oh, you want an ad? Boom, we got you." And we'll lay it down and be like, "Oh, that was great, guys!" Like you know, so I Casper have Le- Lisa Squarespace. I have, I have always wanted an Audible subscription, and I think we can do it with this practice. I think so. So here's what I worked out for this. Amazon, my boy BB, has a, a bestsellers page. You you could see the current bestsellers updated hourly. Mm-hmm. Now, it used to be you could find an overall page of like just the top 10 best-selling things, but I haven't been able to find it in the 10 minutes okay. I took preparing for this. So Consummate professionals. Consummate professionals. So what we are going to do is pick a category. And, and you know, if this is successful, maybe we'll come back to it in the future and do it again. But- right. So they have the top tens in each department. So what we have to do is pick a department and then explain to Josh, explain to the listeners our uh, mechanism here for, for doing improv, improv uh, ad practice. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the top 10 
best-selling items from the category we've decided upon. And what's a great way to, to generate a, a number between 1 and 10? Hmm. Um, I can only assume... Could it be... Oh, the dice tower that I have sitting in front of me and a d10? We just happen to have a number of dice. I Within reach. The spot where I record is also the gaming corner. I'm surrounded by all my role-playing books and paraphernalia, so it's right within reach. How convenient. So what we're going to do right now is, you know what, actually this is updated hourly, so let's refresh the page that we have up just in case it's changed. Okay. Oh, it has. Okay. Oh, shit. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick one of these items, and then we're going to make an ad for it, guys. So here we go. D10. D10. It's my my jeweled, kind of greenish, emerald-looking D10. I like how the I like how the sunlight shines through it. Yeah, very beautiful. All right, roll that sucker. We are looking at a six. Six. All right, let's see what it is. Oh boy, <laughs> it is number six in entertainment collectibles. Is the Jurassic Park script with reproduction <laughs> signatures? <laughs> okay. Oh my god. So, folks, this week on Best Friend Simulator. Have we got a treat for you? Are you guys fans of movies? Are you guys fans of dinosaurs? I know I am. Then surely you've seen the film Jurassic Parks. Park. How do you feel Parks. about re you got it. How do you feel about signatures from your favorite actors that are not real? The signatures, not the actors. The actors are still real, but the signatures are not. They're reproductions. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about brass binder clips? Because this script comes with brass binder clips. How do you feel about 20-pound high-grade bond paper? Oh, my God, Josh. I'm getting hard just talking about this. Hard as a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Now, how much would you pay for this? Josh, I'm asking you, how much would you pay for this? For a Jurassic Park script with reproduction mm-hmm. signatures, we're talking Goldblum, we're talking Neil, mm-hmm, we're talking mm-hmm. Dern. $5 million. <laughs> oh, how about $35? Okay, but but $50 shipping at least. Uh, how about free shipping? Free. Okay, sign me up. Add to cart. Done. Now, now here's an extra extra little treat for you. For eighteen ninety nine, you can get a reproduction of the shaving cream can safe that the guy who played Newman uses <laughs> in in the movie. For a combined total of fifty three dollars and ninety four cents, folks, you can't go wrong. Are you the ultimate Jurassic Parks fan? Now look, we have two people that say. This is a quality purchase. One of them says, I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan, and this was such a cool find. What made it even cooler, and something you should probably put in the title, is that it's the first draft of the script, so it is what the movie could have, could have been. Could have been. And also, this other person says, awesome gift for Jurassic Park lovers. Succinct and completely on the nose. You're going to love this, folks. Buy it or die. And when you buy it, don't forget to put in the code BFS Maniacs. For free shipping. Josh, I think that was a great I think commercial. so. I, I think I think we did a really good job. I think we're good we should have that just ready to go to, yeah. to give to our potential sponsors yeah. in the future. Yeah, I think so. I think next time when we do this, 
I think we don't have to make it so, like, fake infomercially. I think we can add our own kind of style to it, you know? Okay, put our own stank on it. Yeah, put our own, yeah, put the stank on it, on the hang glider. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, again, uh, Lisa, our email address is uh, joshandennis at gmail.com, audible.com. You know, I'll listen if I have to listen to audiobooks just to get you folks to get it that we're into the shit. I'll do it. I've listened like two, so I'll I'll do more. I'll even start to order those fucking snack boxes if you want us to. If I have to, say the word. We'll help. Uh, We want to partner with you. Yeah, we'll sell your shit. We want to connect our massive fan base to your product. And and disregard any of the stuff we've ever talked about about download numbers. Those were all jokes. Yeah, th- this we're we're theoretically we're a, a comedy podcast, so those were those were for the yucks, guys. No, no, what? No, in actuality, we're a comedy podcast, right? That was comedy, Dennis. <laughs> That's hilarious. And look, we don't just have to advertise for giant corporations like Audible.com or Lisa Mattress. I think they're giant corporations. Um, multinational corporations like Casper Mattress. Like Warby Parker. We, yeah, yeah. Well, I, look, I am wearing Warby Parker glasses right now because they're so affordable. But we'll, we'll advertise for smaller local things. I'll advertise for... Uh... Wormwood Studios, who who made the dice tower that I used. Wormwood Studios. I'll advertise for what's your favorite Philadelphia cheesesteak sandwich.com. We'll advertise for the the Cheesesteak Adventure League. We'll advertise if you make one. fucking shitty reproduction scripts. We'll 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 sell those yeah. fuckers. Hey, do you think by calling this shitty we can get sued by <laughs> the people that put this out? The Golden Age of Entertainment, which is a weird company name. Come at me, Golden Age of Entertainment. Fuck you up. <laughs> You mess with me, you're going to wind up in the trunk of a taxi covered in cheese whiz. You're going to be somebody's adventure. You fuck. Whoa, 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 whoa. What ha- we're, we're trying to do comedy uh, here. You're getting angry. Uh, was it funny, though? Uh, the anger? It was funny until you got you got mad. And folks, you better act soon because there are only 18 left in stock. So just <laughs> I, get I, on it. Look, look, the commercial's <laughs> over. I want to talk about your <laughs> attitude today. I don't think we're going to because you know why, Dennis? Why? It's time for a new segment. Ooh, what's the new segment? Best friend Satanator. <laughs> Is that what we're calling this? That's what we're calling this. <laughs> okay, good. We are here to discuss satanic ritual abuse, but while we were doing this whole business it kind of spiraled into probably more than that so this is going to be a multi-part series yeah yeah there's a lot to unpack here also i want to talk about how you sent me an email okay that said from josh the subject is satanic ritual abuse notes invitation to edit now when you work at a professional establishment it's really awkward to open that email and uh have that show up on your computer screen so i hope nobody saw that and was like oh hmm, making notes are we hey man as we'll get into satanic ritual abuse was actually pretty popular in the social services field in the early 80s oh definitely with your with your social workers and your therapists trying to uncover all of these secret 
memories and repressed memories of abuse. So I, I think what we decided to start with, we're going to break it down into a few different distinct pieces. I think we, we're going to start with a book that came out in 1980 called Michelle Remembers. Can I just talk about the cover here? Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. It's this very innocent child. She is holding a uh, baby doll. She's surrounded by candles. And then up above her, above the title, is the hovering face of your typical Satan. Lucifer. face. Lucifer face. So the thing about this, I don't know if you saw any other pictures of this. This one, I don't think, is the actual, like, straight up cover. I think this is one of those, like, gimmick covers. That had a had a cutaway on the front. So the original cover and the cover that was in my house, because I think my dad had a copy of this book, because this was a huge book back in the 80s. Uh, it had a woman's face, the, the top half of her face, and in the center was a cutaway, and you saw this little girl's face to represent the oh. repressed memories. And then you open it up, and you're treated to this occult ritual. Mm-hmm. And I'm There's not, not going to lie, it scared me when I was a little kid. Oh, it's really scary. There's I mean, another one that just has the title and a crude drawing of a of a, like a of a Lucifer. Yeah, like a devil face. Devil face. Yeah, this shit. I mean, we're we're children of the '80s. We grew up in the height of the satanic panic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you always heard shit about cults in the woods. You know, like mm-hmm. like oh yeah, like they they there was this old abandoned church and they like they sacrificed people there and you know all this stuff. Like so that was just everywhere. And, you know, I grew up Catholic. I heard about the devil and about possession and stuff. So I was petrified of the devil. I was petrified. I was terrified that I was going to get possessed by the devil. And I, I don't know if I talked about this on the show or not, but my mom had a friend who said that she thought she was almost possessed by a demon uh, because her bed was rocking at night. But this friend of my mom's also real into drugs. Mm. So that now that I'm an adult is probably a more likely explanation. Yes. So, uh, you want? How do you want to start doing this? You want to talk about what the book's about, Josh? Yeah, go so, for it. So, this book was published in 1980, and it was written by a psychiatrist named Lawrence Pazder and his patient Michelle Smith. Uh, interesting fact: down the line, Pazder and Michelle Smith got married. We got a uh, best friend simulator red flag. Ethics violation. Clear cut. <laughs> So that's a, yeah, that's a, a a fun thing about this case. So Smith came to see Pazder after a miscarriage. She was experiencing depression. Naturally, that's that's a hard thing to go through for sure. Mm-hmm. But had kind of a, a, a breakthrough at one of these therapy sessions. She said she had this foreboding sense that something had happened and she couldn't quite place what it was. And then this image came back to her, allegedly, where she remembered a, 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 a dark-robed figure performing some kind of strange ritual on her. And this opened up a floodgate of repressed memories, assisted by Pazder, a hypnotherapist. Uh, they recorded over 600 hours of these repressed memories, detailing a nightmarish year of abuse at the hands of her own mother and a satanic cult in Victoria, British Canada. British Columbia. <laughs> British Canada. Consummate professionals. Consummate professionals. 
so one, I, I really quick, I do want to give just a quick content warning here. We are going to talk a little bit about sexual abuse. Not going to go into details, but just a heads up. This is all pretty outrageous, though. So it's it's pretty kind of fantastic. So I'm just going to go through a list here of the stuff that uh, Smith claims happened to her. Yeah, and we're not going to get too much into the into the whole idea of repressed memories today, but we are going to talk about that probably next time, just because it's it's a pretty big topic, especially in the world of psychology. Yeah. So here are some claims Smith made about the, the things she endured. She was, I think, five years old at the time. She claims she was imprisoned in a chicken wire cage with live snakes. She was sexually assaulted on numerous occasions in various ways. Uh, she was forced to eat worm soup, watched cultists kill cats on numerous occasions while also acting like cats. The cultists act like cats while yeah, they killed the cats? They were performing weird cat ceremonies. And that's the thing I'll get into after this list. A lot of this stuff actually mirrors West African ceremonies as, as a mm. part of certain religions. But I'll get into that later. She was rubbed with assorted body parts of dead babies and adults. Ugh. She was wrapped in a shroud and lowered into a grave in a, a certain cemetery in Victoria. One Ross Bay Cemetery, home of the Ross Bay Cult. talking the band blasphemy and i included my favorite band picture of all time of the band blasphemy <laughs> you want to describe it real quick dennis I'll, I'll put this up on the instagram when this episode comes out but yeah it's it, it's four super metal dudes uh three of them have their faces painted in various ways they're wearing chains and bullet belts uh they're drinking beers they're sitting on a couch and they're just in ridiculous poses of like rocking out and being totally stoned or drunk or something. It's just really silly. Yeah, their feet are all up on a coffee table. There's wood paneling behind them. The coffee table, you can clearly see a tube of makeup and I think a remote control. <laughs> uh-huh. And an ashtray. It's it's my favorite. Uh, yeah, Blasphemy fucking rules. And I'd like to think they were connected to this case somehow, even though they came much later. <laughs> and you said they, they were um, accused of, uh, at some point, in that same cemetery of desecrating graves and yeah or, or just graffiti yeah yeah there, there's there's a lot of rumors about this band because they're kind of crazy power lifting satanic troglodytes <laughs> uh so yeah there's a lot of stuff about them doing weird shit in the ross bay cemetery so this is my personal favorite a high priest grafted horns and a tail to michelle as a child wow which I think I have a personal affinity for that because I have horns. Uh, I don't think I may grafted them onto you. No. I have bumps on my head that I'd like to think are where the horns are going to sprout from someday. Mm-hmm. When I achieve my full level of satanic power. Great. <laughs> oh, we should really dive into that on another episode. <laughs> That'll be another episode of Best Friend Satanator. Uh, she was placed into a car with a dead woman and then the parking brake was released from this car rolled down a hill crashed into a tree and burst into flames that's crazy she had her teeth knocked out she was poisoned twice she was forced to defecate on a bible and a crucifix which is fucking metal 
She ate human flesh on numerous occasions, hung out with a drooling, head-spinning, possessed woman from Vancouver who was who, who bore more than a passing resemblance to uh, the young Regan from the film Exorcist. From the film The Exorcist. <laughs> Have you heard of movie Exorcist? <laughs> from film Exorcist. Good movie about Satans. She watched a doctor do all kind of Frankenstein shit with corpses, cutting the bodies up, sewing them together, running electricity through them. She was made to hug a little girl during this time period that she realized later was one of these corpses. And this bears a striking resemblance to movie Frankenstein. Yes. Great movie, Frankenstein's. Also, can I just say that you didn't just say that. You read it off of a thing that you typed up that says, watch as a doctor do Frankenstein shit. I think doing Frankenstein shit is a phrase in the literature if you you dive in. Sure. Um, And all of this culminated in an 81-day nonstop ceremony going on 24 hours a day, featuring hundreds of participants in a giant circular-shaped room. And this ceremony culminated in the summoning of Old Scratch, his own damn self. Whoa, that's pretty metal. Satan, while he was there, was getting involved in all kinds of activities. And Michelle Smith actually recalled some of Satan's poetry. Dennis, do you, do you want to read this poetry? Or should I take oh, it? Oh, sure. Oh, are you going to put it in a, a like a, through a Satan filter so I sound evil? Yes, absolutely, 100%. Fantastic. Ready? Out of dark and fire red comes a man of living dead. I only walk the earth at night. I only burn out the light. I go where every everybody's afraid. I go and find the ones who've strayed. All the darkest forces, they are mine. The darkest forces all entwine. I'm Satan. I think Satan should have had Blasphemy write his poems. Uh, Satan's pretty bad at poetry. Sa- also, <laughs> I want to get into other activities. You said Satan got himself involved in activities. What else? Like beer pong? Uh dancing around and shit i don't i don't actually remember i just remember that he did a lot of stuff i don't know touching people probably had sex with somebody cool cool everybody trying to fuck satan dog sure so while this ceremony was going on smith claims that she was visited by jesus Mm -hmm. mary and the Mm. archangel michael so they managed to pull this off this was kind of like a covert strike that they performed they they got in they snuck in stealthily so the cultists and even satan didn't realize that they were there but jc and mary told michelle that they couldn't take her out of the situation because it was very important that she bear witness to what happened to her later down the line super fucking cool guys that does not sound like Jesus' style. Super fucking cool. Before we... Uh, can I pause for a minute? Before we kind of get into tearing this apart, I do want to say that if a, if a person really has these me- like has these memories for real, that's got to be terrifying. Oh, absolutely. And, and whether or not it actually happened, if they just re- have these fragments of memories, or if someone implanted these memories in them through suggestion, that's still fucking terrifying. It's, oh yeah, this is a fucking nightmare, for sure. Now, let's put that statement in a compartment and go back to this, yeah. where we're tearing this apart and saying, this is insane. And I, I, I do want to clarify, I feel for the people that truly believe this stuff happened. Uh, oh, you for know, sure. I, 100%, I feel bad for that. I don't, I, I'm not put doubting their the pain that they experience thinking that the stuff happened to them but as you said compartmentalize that because this shit is fucking crazy dude like 
And also, let's be clear, the large, the large majority, the overwhelming majority of people that have had this happen to them, and even what the... The, not even the ritual abuse, just just like pretty terrible childhood stuff. Yeah, they're not out there writing books about it and and cashing in. They're right. Yeah. Pretty pretty upset and and distraught and hopefully seeking help. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why part. That's why another. And and we've talked about this before. The bullshit meter goes off when there's money being made. Yeah, and there was so. a ton of money made off of this. And I I think especially I have some vitriol about this whole case because this case was kind of a launch pad to ruin the lives of a shit ton of people after this. This this is one of the the wellsprings of the satanic panic. People were convicted based solely on shit like this, like this fabricated stuff. So that's the thing that makes me pretty upset to think about, too. But anyway, yeah. So so yeah. So JC and Mary totally like, yo, dog, I would get you out of here, but... You got to talk to the world about this later. So we cool. <laughs> so Mary, who was a, a French speaker, apparently. Hmm. I didn't remember her being a French lady, but what do I know? Uh, so Mary told her she was going to put all of her memories away in a safe place until she was ready to talk about them. Hmm. And then now here's the thing. So you're, you might be wondering. So if this young woman's teeth were knocked out. If she had horns and a, a tail sewed to her, if, you know, all this shit happened to her, there's got to be record. Like, you could see this physically on her, right? Uh-uh-uh. Our boy, Big Mikey the Archangel, it's like, I got you, girl. As he's referred to in the New Testament. In, yeah, yeah. In the, in the book of Josh. <laughs> Big ass Mike. Big ass Mike. Uh, he's like, I got you, girl. I'm going to heal you and erase all of the scars, which is super which nice. Is- and also a slap in the face to people that actually suffered physical abuse. Yeah. And all these all these other people weren't weren't Christian enough to have uh, big ass Mike the Archangel d- delete all of that physical evidence. Yeah. It, it's so fucked on so many different levels. And the thing that makes me so fucking crazy thinking about this is that people read this book and took it as a true account. Like mm-hmm. even reading that part where the Archangel Michael comes and heals all of the scars from having fucking horns sewed to her head. They're like, oh, that seems reasonable. Cool. Like it. Ugh. Well, 1970 and before was a simpler time where people just took people at their word. This is 1980. Oh, 1980. Sorry. <laughs> I, yeah, I, ugh, it is so Well, there were no liars then. It's true. Yeah. Everyone was honest up until this point. Okay. So Pazder made claims that the church of Satan was responsible for Smith's abuse, but had to retract that statement when he was threatened with a libel suit from the one and only Anton LaVey because the Church of Satan wasn't actually established until the 1960s. Not to mention the fact that the Church of Satan was not doing shit like this ever. Right. It was just a bunch of fucking weirdos having drug parties and having sex. And I mean, and, and like LaVey and Satanism, totally not this. It's honestly, I think most people in modern society live a life closer to LaVey and Satanism than they do Christianity. Like it's, it's not, it's, it's just a philosophy kind of, but set in opposition to the hypocrisy of Judeo-Christian values in our society. It's so, yeah, I don't know. Um, Well, when we, when we were doing research about this, I don't know if you'd plan to talk about this, but the Oprah Winfrey. uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I watched that. Yeah. Yeah, so as we were doing research for this, there's a clip uh, from Oprah Winfrey. Uh, and let's not forget, Oprah Winfrey started 
her started like a Phil Donahue, yeah, absolutely. Sally Jesse Raphael, Raphael, Mari Povich, like total exploit exploitative sensationalism, yeah. Before she got really into the secret, mm-hmm. so uh, she had someone on there who was from the Church of Satan, yes, right, and um, just happened to have a young man in the audience who was like in his twenties, it seemed, and he said. Yeah, so when I was younger, I um, well, I was forced to kill someone. He's in the crowd and just gets up and says this. Uh, I was forced to kill someone as part of a, a of a satanic ritual. So the guy from the church scene listened to the guy's story, and he's like, um, so you said it was a high priest that made you do this? And the guy's like, yeah. He's like, okay, there's only one high priest in the church of Satan, and that's Anton LaVey. There's nobody called an acolyte, because you said there were acolytes there. Mm-hmm. They're all just Satanists. They're not called acolytes. Right. Also, there's no part of the church of Satan that, that has ritualistic murder. Mm-hmm. And how are you not giving, how are you not convicted of this if they, if you sat, like, how how did this not, like, come out? Right. Um, and then Oprah Winfrey's like, are you calling this man a liar? And the guy, the guy for the church scene was like, yeah, absolutely. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, and, and I feel like I somehow, maybe just because of my interests, have seen a lot of like testimonials from people who claim to have been former Satanists. Mm-hmm. Have mm-hmm. you ever noticed they always look the same? They're always this kind of like shitty white dude with like glasses and like a crustache. They're kind of like yeah. lanky. <laughs> And they're right. always like, oh, yeah, I was a, a high priest in a Satanist church. Uh, but I can provide no other details. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, say what you will about the church scene, but I think we should be more upset about them that they like created like Marilyn Manson and dum-dums like that who are just like super over-the-top like charlatans. I'm fine with that. I know. It's, it's okay. At, at its worst, I think Satanism is mad corny, but yeah, it's... I think there's some merit in it. And I think, I, I think the modern point. day Church of Satan also is fucking rad as hell. Like they're doing actually super awesome progressive things that Christians should be doing. You know, mm. like like they're they're protecting reproductive rights. They're just, you know, doing awesome stuff in the world right now. So big props to them. And when we talk about repressed memories, um, I'll talk a little bit about the guy from the Satanic Temple, which is a uh, kind of a different a different um is that the Satanist organization? The Temple of Set? Uh, no, the Satanic Temple in Salem, oh, okay. Massachusetts. Okay, uh, because that person has uh, the person who runs it, Lucian Greaves, has a has a big uh, beef with um, the International Society for the Study of Trauma and Dissociation, which talks about a lot a lot of repressed memories and a lot of suggestions. So mm-hmm. he he comes out publicly about them. So we'll get into that later. Okay. Continue. Okay, so it goes without saying that there's absolutely zero corroborating evidence for any of the claims made in this book. Since then, people have interviewed Smith's family. Uh, Her mother died well before this book was written, I think, when Smith was 14 years old. So her father was interviewed. Uh, Her brother and sister, who were not mentioned in the book whatsoever, childhood friends, neighbors, Michelle's childhood doctor, including her ex-husband, who was like, uh, she didn't say a single thing about any of this stuff, you know? Mm. No public records existed of the car crash she was in, for instance, where she was badly burned. People went back and looked at her attendance records. Uh, the, the Including that during the time period of the 81-day marathon cult session or ceremony right. that went between September... 
and November, I think. Her attendance records at school showed she was not absent from school during that time. So despite all of this, this book became fuel for the subsequent moral panic that ensued. Pazder became a regular consultant on satanic ritual abuse court cases, including the McMartin preschool trial, which we're going to talk about later because that's one of the like biggest cases of all this. The book was used as source material in many cases against alleged satanic cult crimes and was actually given out as a training manual to social workers. Wow. Just just, just think about that for a second, guys. <laughs> wow. Like... As a social services worker, being handed a book where someone is claiming that Jesus Christ and Mary come and talk to a little girl who has horns grafted to her head. And we're like, Mm -hmm. yo, dog, we're just going to leave you here for now. You cool? Mm -hmm. Like, just somebody reading that and and having to take it seriously is so fucked up. Yeah. And I I mean, Pazder became kind of a media personality he was on a bunch of shows uh including i think we're gonna actually link out to this one for sure because it's it's definitely worth watching uh in 1985 2020 did a segment called the devil worshipers pastor was one of the people they they spoke to on it and i will well maybe we'll talk about this one next episode because it's pretty fun oh man that's the oof, that's the big yeah. one did you watch that one yet oh yeah okay, i watched cool. it yeah. this morning yeah i watched it, it last was, night I- and there's a part of me that remembers seeing it a long time ago, but it's sure. just like, uh, it was like every, in 20 minutes, they incorporated all of the bullshit right. that you, that you, that you talk, that people talk about when they talk about devil worshiping. Yeah, absolutely. It's just fucking stupid. So yeah. And it, again, we, we meant to just talk about satanic ritual abuse, but I think this is going to open up into the satanic panic in general. It's, it's just, it's ripe, ripe for the picking. <laughs> Very ripe. And, like, it shoots off into, uh, it, it has implications in, in so, like, we were talking about social work, in psychology. It has right. implications in people getting arrested for stuff. It has implications in... I mean, you got, like, the West Memphis Three, right? Like, right. people who were put on death row solely on the fact that they wore, like, black shirts and listened to Metallica. Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy to think about, that this moral panic had our country in such a firm grip that people were like crazy about this stuff, actually believing that it was real. I mean, I got fucking harassed by our drug counselor at school. Do you remember this? Oh, be- yeah, because you played role-playing games. Because I played role-playing games and because I wore like a Clive Barker shirt that had like some kind of weird fucking faces on it. And the dude was like accusing me of like killing cats. Yeah, because that's what <laughs> people were taught to do. No, no uh, just... Uh, mm, it's just... Evidence, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Just uh, to use, uh, what kind of evidence? Circumstantial evidence, thank you. Mm-hmm. Just, people were taught to use circumstantial evidence to uh, to piece it together. Which is such a problem, right? I have an idea, I look at a person, I have an idea about them, and then I question them to get that idea confirmed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's that confirmation bias that we talked about a lot with the Lyndon Napolitano UFO abduction case. I mean, people are highly logical and are just not capable of critical thought. And this is a, a fucking shining example of that, you know? And I mean, yeah. and so much of this stuff goes back to fear. This stuff was capitalized upon by people who manipulated people's fears, you know, like mm-hmm. in a changing world. And I mean, I looking at this, I could see parallels to what's happening now. 
this is when the moral majorities kind of stepped up because the world was changing and people were scared. And, you know, so they, they come up with this fucking crazy bullshit. And I mean, I, I hear stuff like this still to this day, mm-hmm. you know. Ugh. And think about how, like, if you didn't fit into this mold of this acceptable kind of middle class white, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, doing all the things that you're supposed to do, playing football, being a cheerleader, like you're seen as an outcast and and different and questioned because of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this there's a there's there's a large onion to to peel back here you get called into the fucking drug counselor's office what was that turd's name oh great question i have no idea boil something boil oh was that was that boil i think that was boil i thought he was the i don't know fuck, i don't remember fuck that guy Ugh, what a horrible place <laughs> anyway hey we made it buddy <laughs> look at us now they can see us now doing advertisements for scripts and going to comedy shows by ourselves. <laughs> oh, I forgot about my update. I'll, I'll talk about it next episode. Uh, oh, my, my, oh, God, I want to hear My friend update. Oh, you have a friend update. I don't have one yet. Yeah. We were supposed to get back together in a month. You're... I know, but I, I, I got a little, I got ahead of the game, but this we'll talk about it next episode. I'll, okay, I'll put so it next episode... Put it in the notes. Next episode, we are going to continue talking about Michelle Remembers and satanic ritual abuse. We're going to continue talking about satanic panic in and of itself. We're going to get into the psychology of it, which is the issues with repressed memories mm-hmm. and the issues with uh, the powers of suggestion, which really came out in that um, McMartin case. Oh, yeah. Where <laughs> basically they just coerce kids into saying what they wanted them to say. Yep. Not even coerced, just suggested it. Mm-hmm. Didn't he touch you here? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, so that's going to be really inter- interesting. And we'll see if I go to any more comedy shows by myself. <laughs> It'll be weird. I think you should do it. Are we going to roll the dice next week and also uh, do another uh, advertisement? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We should, we, I think we might need to get more practice in. So, yeah, maybe we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, practice makes perfect. <laughs> we'll just keep doing it until we get a real sponsor, maybe. Oh, dude. That'd be nice. And then you won't know if it's real. We'll just surprise you. <laughs> and I promise any potential sponsors out there, I'm not going to shit talk you the way I did the, the people that sell these scripts. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. No, we'll really use that stuff. I love I love Jurassic Park. Hey, Josh. <laughs> hey. Until next time. Worships the devil. Hail Satan. Pray Satan. Uh, I'm going to go listen to a bunch of satanic metal now. I think you should. To cleanse my palate. Yeah, it makes sense. Bye. Wait, that's also all the time we have for this call. You forgot to say it, Dennis. That's all the time we have for this call. I'm the devil. I'm going to grab some horns to you. I can't wait until the next episode where I grab horns to your head. (laughs) I'm going to try and see if I can get them to sprout between now and then. I'm going to think really hard. (laughs) Bye. Bye. There's one. Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Friend Simulator. Send us an email at joshanddennis at gmail.com. That's Dennis with one N. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Friend Simulator. And thanks to Alan for the theme music. Listen to his podcast, Werewolf Ambulance, and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Also, thanks to Justin for the artwork. See more of his stuff at burntobuild.com. That's all the time we have for this outro. Bye. Bye.